This episode of the Biting Truth podcast is brought to you by IGA Supermarkets, where the locals matter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Biting Truth podcast. This is a weekly podcast that cuts through all of the confusion and misinformation in the nutrition space to give you up-to-date, cutting-edge nutrition advice. My name is Anna, and with me is Alex, and we are the dietitians and the co-founders of The Biting Truth. In this episode, we're going to be talking all things sugar cravings. Now, I'm sure many of you listening have experienced a sugar craving at some stage. So in this episode, we're going to delve into why these sugar cravings occur and provide some tips on how we can manage these sugar cravings. And we do just want to start by making it really clear that we are not demonizing sugar in this episode. And thinking of sugar as inherently bad is not only inaccurate, but it can lead to an unhealthy or a disordered relationship with food in the long run. You do not need to steer or quit sugar altogether. And whilst added sugars aren't exactly nutritious, and we're definitely not saying that, and most of us do need to cut back on our intake of added sugars, having a small amount of added sugars can absolutely be part of a healthy, balanced diet. And it's certainly part of our diet, (laughs) a little bit of sugar here and there. Definitely. So rest assured, if you're listening to this episode, you can keep listening because we are not telling you that you need to cut out sugar entirely. We're more looking at why we crave it um, and how we can sort of minimise that because it is a a problem a lot of people experience and we get questions about it all the time in clinic and on social media. Yeah. And, And something that I found quite interesting when we were researching more about sugar and sugar craving is is that unlike salt, sugar has no aversion signal. Essentially, our salt taste receptors will flip when we've eaten too much. But this doesn't happen when we eat sugar, which is so interesting. So we have a built-in safety mechanism that protects us from over-consuming salt, but we actually don't have this for sugar. And this probably explains why people can eat an entire bag of cookies or endless bars of chocolate and still want more. Yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? Um, And I think also, well, this is just from my own personal experience and I love salty foods, but if you have something that's too salty, you actually want to spit it out. Like your body can't even ingest it where you don't necessarily have that with with sugar. You might, it might taste really sweet, but you don't necessarily want to vomit or not put it in your mouth um, to begin Um, So let's sort of paint a picture that a lot of our listeners are probably going to be quite familiar with. Um, You might be following, generally speaking, quite a healthy diet, looking at your main meals. But then around 3, 4 p.m. each day, you might get that drop in energy levels and you feel these quite intense sugar cravings come on and you just want sweet foods or junk foods. For others, it might be more after dinner. So I know a lot of people, their night almost doesn't feel complete unless they've eaten something sweet after dinner. And it's not necessarily because they're hungry at all. They just need to finish the day with some sugar, some chocolate probably. And when these sugar cravings happen, we tend to reach for highly refined, highly processed sugary foods. So, you know, think the office cookie jar, maybe there's some lollies, soft drinks, ice cream, cakes, muffin, all of these really tasty foods. And although these foods can help us feel better in that exact moment, they don't stop our cravings in the long run. In fact, the opposite is usually true. They can cause you know, our blood sugar levels to spike and then fall really quickly. And that then makes us crave sugar even more. And you kind of get into that, you know, a yo-yo sort of where your blood sugar levels are going up and down and this sugar craving cycle. Yeah. And there's nothing more annoying when you're really trying to be healthy, have a healthy diet. And all you can think about is chocolate or sweets in the <laughs> afternoon or the evening. 
So what, I guess, actually causes sugar cravings in the first place, Alex? Do you want to sort of... Yeah, so there's a number of different, I guess, things that can cause us to crave sugar. I guess, firstly, if we think about it, sugar is everywhere. So it's always front of our mind. It's all over TV ads, in magazines, it's at the supermarket checkouts. We really cannot escape it in our in our society today. And it's a very normal part of most of most people's eating habits. Um, I think if you think about it, sugar is quite a cheap ingredient that tastes good and it also acts as a food preservative. So we're going to find it in lots of packaged foods. And because it is in so many different food products that we eat on a regular basis, many of us have become accustomed to things tasting sweet. So when we see, smell or think about sugary foods, it can cause us to crave them. And I experience that all the time. Like you see an ad for a soft drink and then suddenly you find yourself cra- like you might see an ad for Coke, for example, and then you find yourself craving a Coke. Like it, it's amazing how powerful that advertising can be and also how sub- subconscious it can be a lot of the time. Yeah. And I think, you know, the thing to keep in mind is if you have, if you're surrounded by sugary foods or sweet foods a lot of the times, whether it's in your office or in your kitchen, then you're more likely to crave them as you know where they are and they're always there. Yeah. And I think a lot of us have also been conditioned for most of our lives to really love sugar. Um, Many of us have grown up where treats were used as a reward for good behavior. Uh, And when we eat foods high in these added sugars, it does stimulate the brain's reward system while at the same time reducing the cortisol levels. And cortisol is that stress hormone. And that makes us feel happy and less stressed. And because of the way they make us feel, over time, we condition ourselves to reach for these high sugary foods when we might be feeling tired or anxious or unhappy because we know that they're going to make us feel better. And again, that sort of creates that sugar craving cycle. We feel stressed or unhappy and we eat something sweet, we feel better, and then we repeat that and so on. So a drop in our blood sugar levels can also cause a sugar craving, and this can happen as a result of a number of reasons. So it might be that you skipped a meal or perhaps you've eaten meals and snacks that are particularly low in carbohydrates. So our brain's main source of energy is glucose, which is a type of sugar. And when we eat carbohydrates, they are broken down into glucose. And this glucose then travels around our body in our blood and is used as a source of energy. When we don't have enough glucose in our blood, our brain sends a signal out for us to eat sugar so that it, it gets the energy it needs to continue functioning. And that's, I guess, the sugar craving, that, yeah. that signal from the brain, I want sugar. <laughs> and this is actually a very normal response. However, it can become an issue when the foods that you're reaching out for are those foods that are highly refined and highly processed. So that's, we're talking again, the biscuits, chocolate, sugary drinks, things like that. Um, And this type of sugar causes a big spike in our blood sugar levels, which results in in fast energy that is used quickly and leads to a crash in our blood sugar levels. And it's this drop or this crash in our blood sugar levels that means our body ends up craving sugar to try and return levels back down to normal. Right. So managing blood sugar levels is such a key part of managing food cravings really. And we will provide some tips shortly in terms of how you can make sure you really stabilize these blood sugar levels. Okay. So another reason that women might experience cravings um, is a result of polycystic ovarian syndrome or commonly referred to as PCOS. So people who have PCOS tend to have slightly higher levels of insulin and that can make them crave sugary foods even after eating meals. 
Another one, common one, which I'm sure many people listening will be quite familiar with is PMS or premenstrual syndrome. Again, it is quite common for women to experience rather intense food or sugar cravings a week or two before they get their period. And this is actually due to a decrease in the hormone estrogen and fluctuations in serotonin. And those fluctuations in serotonin can cause a drop in blood sugar levels. Yeah, so it's really interesting to see that the hormones are at play there. So there is a reason why we're <laughs> craving sugar around this time We've got of an month. excuse to eat sugary <laughs> foods around our period. Um, it could also be that maybe you're just hungry. So, you know, more and more restrictive eating patterns are becoming really common and we're seeing them so often, especially in our clinic. And when we're not giving our bodies enough energy and nutrients that they need, biological reinforcements will kick in to ensure our survival. So these can come in the form of craving sugar or feeling out of control around sugar. So I guess whether you're in the middle of a no added sugar challenge or if you're on a low carb diet or you're just trying to cut your calorie intake, your body's natural response is going to be to crave sugar because it's that quick source of energy. One common thing we often hear when it comes to food cravings, and you may have heard this before, is that is a, is, and it's sort of a big a bit of a myth around food cravings, is that humans crave foods when our body is missing out on specific nutrients. Now, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news here, people, but this is not usually the case for refined or added sugars, generally speaking. So if you crave sugar, it is not an indication that your body needs more added sugars. Most of us don't need to add any, you know, cupcakes and muffins and chocolate and sweet drinks and things to our diet for health reasons. Sure, it makes us feel good. That's a separate thing. Um... Although, you know, it might be the case for other foods. So if you randomly get a really strong craving for steak, there is a little bit of research that indicates maybe that you might be low in, say, iron or zinc. Or again, for some people who crave salt, it might be an indication that you need a little bit more salt in your diet. However, again, with salt, most of us are getting plenty of salt, too much really, in our diet. So it's not always the case. But yeah, most of the time, cravings are more habitual or related to some of those other reasons we just spoke about, rather than being related to the fact that you're low in a specific nutrient. Okay, we are just going to take a quick break to mention our podcast sponsors and afterwards we'll be chatting about what you can do to avoid or manage sugar cravings. IGA know the importance of local better than anyone because if fresh is what you're looking for, it has to be local. It's why they source delicious fresh produce from local suppliers wherever they can and why every supermarket is independently owned by local families you'll find that the shelves are stacked with everything a local community needs and that each store is unique and tailored to their local community's taste. So if you're looking for a supermarket where locals matter, pop into your local IGA today. Okay, so let's discuss some of the top tips when it comes to managing or even avoiding sugar cravings. I think first up, it's really important to actually stop and ask yourself, why am I craving this piece of cake or chocolate? So you want to ask yourself, is it actually hunger? So you might need to think about when you last ate. And if, if it is hunger, try having you know a meal or a snack, something healthy. You know, maybe it's because you're bored. And if it is because you're bored, try to find something else to do to entertain yourself. 
If you're craving something sweet in response to stress, again, maybe try going for a walk or listening to music or doing something else like yoga that could help manage stress levels. And again, if it's related to emotions, think about what other activities you can do and and really paying attention and, and, and being in tune with your body here is a really important part of managing cravings. It's also important that you actually give yourself permission to enjoy your favorite unhealthy foods. So yes, it is perfectly okay to have some treats in your diet. Now, this one might seem a bit counterintuitive, but if you actually give yourself permission to enjoy your favorite foods, then you're not going to crave them as much. And I think, you know, a lot of us have probably been in that situation where we've said we've put a certain food off limit, but then suddenly that that food becomes almost like the forbidden fruit and it's all we can think about. We end up wanting it more and we probably eat more than we would have if we just let ourselves enjoy yeah. it in small amounts. You definitely become a little bit more, you know, you don't have a good control. If you ban something and then you have a little bit of it, you're more likely to binge or go overboard than if you say, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's okay to have a little bit. Um, and we have lots of clients who are on meal plans where they have chocolate, you know, every couple of days and that's a healthy part of their diet and they just have a couple of pieces, they're very much in control. Another one is, of course, trying to keep those blood sugar levels stable. As Alex spoke about before, dips in blood sugar levels can bring on cravings. So a large part of preventing cravings is to stabilize our blood sugar levels as much as possible. And so to stabilize blood sugar levels, we really want to eat regular meals and snacks. Um, And obviously we want those meals to be healthy. So you really want to be aiming to include those low glycemic index foods in your meals and your snacks. So things like oats and other whole grains and lentils, milk, yogurt, um, you know, and, and some fruits like bananas and berries and kiwi fruits have what we call a low GI. Yeah. And I guess the reason we want to choose these low GI foods is because these type of foods are broken down into that glucose, that sugar, much more slowly in our body. So therefore, therefore they provide a slow release of energy and they can help keep our blood sugar levels more stable. Yeah. But you really will find if, if you are someone that gets cravings every day or regularly, try to eat regular meals and snacks. I, we really can't stress how important that is. You know, have lunch and then have an afternoon snack before the craving sort of hits. Yeah. So that's sort of, I guess I did want to talk about snacks as well. And when you are choosing your snacks, making sure you're trying to choose a snack that contains a source of ideally protein and fiber. And that's because these nutrients work together and can help stabilize our blood sugar levels and also help to keep us satisfied. So as you just said, Anna, if you are someone that usually craves a snack in the afternoon, then you can almost preempt that's going to happen and have a healthy snack on hand so that you know, you don't get that sugar craving. There's nothing around you except for some chocolate or a packet of cookies. And then you end up eating that. Whereas if you've got a healthy snack there, you're more likely to have that and and hopefully feel satisfied. And that's going to ward off that craving. Yeah, definitely. And I'm someone who after dinner can sometimes get a bit of a sweet craving. And what I find is that I love to always keep some um, yogurt, some really delicious, my favorite is jhana yogurt and not sponsored at all, but just love jhana yogurt because it's so creamy as, as more of a treat option, I guess. And I I find that when I have that on hand with a yummy piece of fruit, I mix them together and that is actually a really enjoyable sweet snack for me. Um, and But whereas if I don't have anything like that on hand after dessert, I'm more likely to, you know, want to duck up to the cream. shops and get an ice cream <laughs> or something like that. It's also really important to understand and know your triggers. Like what 
triggers your food cravings. So there are certain points in the day can, that can act to a, as a trigger. Um, maybe it's your commute home from the office. Uh, maybe it's when you pass a cafe or shop or the 3pm vending machine. Often it's someone who you work with who always has treats on them. And so identifying places, times, people or activities that act as a trigger means that you can then take steps to avoid or change them and that can make all the difference. So if you know that a trigger is just having, you know, sweets and chocolates in your pantry, maybe it's avoiding having them there at all and if you really feel like it, you can always duck up to the shops. Yeah, and I think on that note, like, yeah, you don't need to avoid treats altogether but if you keep loads of them in your cupboard, then that's really not going to help the situation. So just be mindful of what you're keeping in your surroundings because that's going to influence your cravings. Yeah, absolutely. You you will eat what is around you. <laughs> it's the biggest <laughs> part of healthy eating, like stock the foods that you actually want to eat. Yeah. And I guess our final tip when it comes to managing food cravings is to make sure that you're getting plenty of sleep. So ideally, we want to be aiming for seven to nine hours of sleep per night. And it does change from person to person because a lack of sleep can increase your hunger hormones and also increase your food cravings. So it's a fantastic combination there. (laughs) Um, And when you're tired, your body wants quick energy. Hello, sugar spike and, and sugar cravings, essentially. And you can fight these cravings, but if you're consistently overtired, eventually your willpower will lose out. So that's it for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Biting Truth podcast by host Anna and myself, Alex. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd really, really love your support by following our podcast and leaving us a rating and review. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.